Good afternoon, Footstock Hub listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Footstock Hub podcast, the best Footstock podcast in town. Disclaimer, it's currently the only one by the official one, so we don't have much competition. Anyway, joining us is um, a duo that is well known on the scene, as always, for, for not always the, the particularly the right reasons, but nevertheless, they can talk, which is what we always want to hear on a podcast. So first of all, we have got Gertie. Gertie, how has your week been? How have you been since we last spoke? Yeah, all right. I was uh, with Monkey when I during the week, giving some very sat on the fence opinions of all the, all the matches that were, that were coming. But, um, so yeah, it's not been long since I've been on one, but this is this is more my type. It's uh, yeah. less less informative today, I think. <laughs> what are you trying to say about our podcast? Exactly that. It's <laughs> I'll take it. It doesn't matter. There's a reason why we've moved on the uh, informative ones that gets the listens onto somebody that's a bit more knowledgeable than me, which leads me to do the the this whatever this is. Um, we're also joined by the man. Um, who is probably a community favourite. That guy won't like me saying that because that's his thing. But, you know, Trader Hacks is back with us. He's had a busy few months. We won't go into the details. But, Hacks, how have you been, mate? I'm not bad, mate. Thanks. Uh, pleasure to be on, as usual. <laughs> Why are you lying? You've just said you fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i gotta, I got to give the listeners what they want, mate. <laughs> Sorry, just appeasing the fans of the, the podcast, aren't you? I'll be honest, and I don't want to make your head blow up. Um, but our listeners of the podcast that you are on hacks are always the most listened to. That's like a legit thing as well. I've not even made that up. What can I say, mate? What can I say? Yeah. Bring in the big guns, clearly. Anyway, it's been uh, an exciting few weeks in terms of football. This podcast is we've, we've got you know we'll have a little bit of a chat about the football update we've got the kind of mini announcement slash teaser that mr oliver has put into the slack today we'll have a little bit of a chat about i'm nicking mr copeland's uh new footstock game great game and i feel like this is something that we're going to take forward and then finally we've got a plethora actually you won't know what that word means but it means a lot of questions that people have asked us for this podcast for the week so we've got a few bits to go with as always we'll aim for kind of 45 minutes as there is a busy night ahead so hacks last time we spoke you had just sacked your manager you were in turmoil this was probably a month ago talk to me about the turnaround Oh, unbelievable, mate. Mick McCarthy. I, I could not believe we went for Mick McCarthy. I can't stand the bloke. But uh, I tell you what, 10 games unbeaten, seven wins, three draws. Back in with a shout at the playoffs. Couldn't be happier. So you're telling me the dream's back on? The dream of uh, getting back to the Premier League is on. Uh, it's going to be tough, but uh, in good form at the moment. What's he changed? Has he changed anything majorly? Or is it just a bit of a, um, a fresh face? Uh, I think they needed to lift the players like you know as as it happens when you're on a really bad run like we was i think six losses on the bounce under harris um but he's he's just recalled a few personnel they're out on loans and he's gone through a back five which i think probably suits us with the slow kind of cart horses we got in defense um we got like sean morrison great in the air strong defender tough tackler but 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 he gets done on a high line constantly so uh he brought flint back was injured on loan. He's gone back into the uh, the back three, and Nelson stayed there. And then we're playing with two wing backs, so we've got a bit of 
we're not playing with any wingers, which is great because we haven't really got any wingers. Um, we, we were left with Hoylett and Murphy who wasn't starting and now he's playing more at the top who's on fire and he's got Murphy in behind with Wilson usually most games and it's working working really well 5-3 five, five, three, kind of 5-3-2 really and uh, yeah can't fault it it, uh, it seems to be seems to be the best formation for the players we've got and I think he identified that quite quickly Mick so can't, grum- can't grumble with that there we go. The the bluebirds are on the up. You've heard it here first. <laughs> no doubt. Next time we speak to you, you'll be back down in the uh, in the trenches and struggling. Yeah, p- probably probably finish seventh. Make <laughs> McCarthy out. Yeah, no. yeah. The life of a fickle football fan. Um, Gertie, Arsenal's rise in form soon turned. I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what to make of it. To be honest, we, we was all right. Then we were pretty crap. And now we've played a, um, a Leicester that were even crapper than we were. So I think I think we were fairly lucky with the players they are missing. Uh, and the, yeah, like the downtown Madison and the whole fallback situation that it's a bit of a mess for them at the moment. Um, so yeah, we, we got that. That was, that was a much needed result. And we got a little bit lucky um, playing Benfica as well. We scraped through at the end. So that, that was nice to turn it around after a pretty abysmal few results against Aston Villa and Southampton in the FA Cup as well. And, and Wolves, I think, in there as well when that all went tits up. So, yeah. so I don't really know what to make of it, but we're, we're still turning up. So. Yeah, you know what? I think because I don't think Spurs and Arsenal have ever met in European competition, have they? I've got a funny feeling this may be the year. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd I'd hate it. I'd have to put a very big bet. I've always said if, if Spurs Arsenal was ever in a cup final, I would have to put on a very big bet for Arsenal to re- to reduce any sort of feelings I would feel from that day because I think that would be the end of my football supporting career. Anyway, Spurs have obviously now Bale is back. We are on the up, but that's all we need to say. Secondly. Mini announcement. I say announcement. It's not really an announcement. It's more of an announcement of announcement. But never mind. It has given us a little bit of a glimpse into potentially what we are going to have an update on next week. So we're going to very briefly just go through each little bit. I just want to hear your thoughts on it, what you kind of expect in, what you think we're going to get from that and what you think will be the best thing for us to be seeing. Number one, so Ollie's just put in there saying it's been a very incredibly busy time at Footstock HQ these past days. They've wrapped up a few key topics and want to update us early next week through a lengthy newsletter. Appreciate you guys been waiting for an update for some time, but here are some aspects you can expect for more info on. Cedars campaign launch. Gertie, what are you kind of expecting from that? We'll have a start date from that. Um. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it's launching imminently anyway. Uh, so that that will be the update. I think it will be a day. Um, I don't really know what to expect from the campaign as a whole. Like, I've always been pretty and had pretty low expectations of, of Footstock, as, as quite famously. Um, and the Indiegogo campaign was kind of just get a couple of guys out their garage so they got something to play with. That's how that's how I saw it. Yeah. And then it, it did explode a bit. Um, and then they obviously like and quite understandably too. Really, they weren't ready for the the reaction they got. Yeah. And then they had a similar experience early last year when, again, it exploded even bigger than it did in the Indiegogo campaign. And there was now four guys that weren't really ready for it. Um, but you obviously can't just turn people away. So they had to just deal with it the best they could. But then I think the difference with the Cedars campaign, I think this is where even I start judging them a little bit because they, they should get some serious money now. And th- this is when a business kind of decides, OK, we're not a startup anymore. I, I think this is this is this this money will be what transitions them from a startup into a 
a business that has to be stable and effective. So I, I think not obviously at the Cedars launch, but I think how they spend the money and the next 12 to 18 months will be what determines Footstock. So I think it's a real, real big, um, big sort of landmark for them. Yeah. In terms of that, obviously, we don't know exactly what's going to be offered or what they're going to say. But a, a bit of a ballpark. Would you say you are more likely to put more money into that campaign than the actual product itself? Or are you still, you'd always kind of, you just enjoy the product a lot that you'd rather put more money into the product than the campaign? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one, really. I mean, I, I, I'll definitely have some involvement in both. I won't just ignore them, even if it's just a token gesture, just to kind of be involved. And um, they've also hinted at, basically giving us a, a bit of an extra reward for sort of kind of being involved in the last 18 months and then getting involved in that. So obviously I think it's easy to ignore that. Um, you know, I always feel like first and foremost, like I'm not an investor or anything like that. I want to play football, so I play the game because it's fun. Um, and then I, I think it's really, it's targeted at other people um, that, that have the money and they want to invest in companies and, but they don't want to be doing it day to day. I, I I wouldn't be interested in Footstock if I wasn't playing it day to day. So that's yeah. where the majority is. But I, I will get involved in the Cedars campaign. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I think I'll put a, a tiny bit in it. It certainly won't be a, a big amount because, like I said, I'd rather, um, obviously, a bit later down on this is talking about utility. I'd rather have the money in the product itself because, as much as I want to see Footstock grow, I would. I'd rather spend it on me than footstock. That sounds stupid, but you know what I mean? Like I'd rather have it for me than for them. But if everyone thinks like that, then yeah, who knows? Um, hacks, Cedars campaign, you're going to be investing. Any ideas, any interest or not really? I'm not bothered, make me. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. We'll move on to the game's <laughs> timeline. Hacks, you can take this one because hopefully you'll be slightly more interested in the games. Been a bit of a delay. I don't, well, we weren't really given a, the time, I guess we just probably, I probably would have expected them to at least be, maybe have something by now. Um, obviously, it says their game's timeline. That suggests to me that we're still probably a bit away from anything coming in. Um, what kind of things are you expecting from that? Well, I, I, similar to you, Cal, I think, but I was kind of hoping perhaps if they had, they would have reimagined roulette, roulette perhaps and, and the battles so that they go straight on. And then more to come, kind of thing. I was hoping that will be the announcement, but we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Hopefully, it's not another two to three month timeline for all of it to come on, and it's more of a, well, here's the two originals we've already got, and and we've re imaged them, and here's the and here's the timeline for the the other games that we're in the middle of developing. I would I would like to see that that personally, but but who knows? They've been busy behind the scenes with the onboarding and stuff, which seems to be a success. So. So I yeah. guess you, you can't have it always, really, can you, I guess, with such a small team? Yeah, that, I think that's the big thing. Like, There's so many suggestions in the Slack that I'm sure that if Oliver and, and um, Till could go, yes, we would love that, 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 that also. However, <laughs> we've got three tech, I don't I'll pluck that number out of mid -air, three tech developers who can only do a certain amount of things. So I think that as much as it's frustrating at the same time, you know, if they could click their fingers and it'd be there, I'm sure they would, but they always have to kind of prioritise, don't they? And I guess, well, certainly I would, but I'm guessing surely probably the same hats that kind of, the it seems to be that the new user onboarding has kind of taken priority. But for me, that's yeah. a sensible approach. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think um, I think we can forgive forgive some of the delays recently because... The onboarding is clearly working, and the process is 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 mapped out, and 
from the feedback I've seen, generally the feedback is very good on that. And if it if it helps with tension, then long term, I think it's it's obviously better to get that in in, in place now. And 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 then for me, the the second target would be getting the games and the, the app completed so that they can phase out phase out the old website, you know, because we've still got such a mixture of people moving from both. Uh, and I just think it, it, it needs to be phased out or a timeline for it to be phased out, I would hope, alongside the the completion of the full completion of the app, you know? Yeah, absolutely agree. Next one is cards in circulation. Gertie, where do you think we're at? No idea where, where we're at. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. I think that's the nature of the whole market, really. We can only see one card at either end. So that could be completely empty behind it, or it could have a huge wall. Uh, who knows? But the fact that they're going to give us some sort of update does tell me that they must be fairly confident. They've been reluctant to do that for a while, and quite understandably, because an update on it might have had a more negative effect than positive effect if it was done three months ago. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that they're confident to give us some sort of update on that, um, yeah, it's just only good, but let's see what it is. Yeah, because the one thing we've certainly noticed, certainly the last two weeks, deal of the day has been very cheap. Um, obviously, we, we've had the new card drop coming in. Do you think that they are maybe turning to the fact that actually better value for money for them in the proper players as such is in the card drop and then they're going to kind of use deal of the day to shift the absolute dross at the bottom? I, I don't think that's the way to do it. Um, and, and I don't think that's what they're doing. I, I do think it's probably more of a thing that this extra 1,500 quid is extra that's getting ploughed out. So maybe they had to be a bit more realistic. And this is the first time that they've got on. So really, I, the way I've seen it, they've never had deal of the day and card drops at the same time. Um, so they're doing one. They did the deal of the day for a while. But then they're doing the card drops. And maybe they can start to phase them in back together. Because I guess the big sort of grey area for them was they didn't know what cards people were going to start putting in the card drop. Like when it first launched, I thought it would just be all crap cards. And then quite quickly, you have a little scroll through. And uh, bar the opening day thing where there was some bonus cards like from a handful of people, but that got quickly squashed. And then, yeah, I see Phil Foden's going in. I see, like, so, yeah, I do think they're soaking up a few of the bigger cards as well. So, and the last thing we want, and it sounds stupid, but we don't want it to go completely the opposite way yeah. to see so it needs to be gradual because yeah it just it just wouldn't work so that's my hunch as to what they're doing um but yeah i don't touch dinner at the moment no i haven't done also and you know the rewards are sitting there and i know that my time will come to whack through those rewards for dealer day but certainly not at the minute um, on that card drop, Gertie, did you see, you know, I, I won one. I don't like to brag, but, you know, my Pedro Neto, my Gareth Bale and my Lucas Digne, you know, more expensive. It paid off, didn't it? We know you always win when Spurs win 4-0. Right? <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally right. I have had a pretty barren spell. Obviously, Spurs have been pretty shy. We beat Burnley 4-0. I've come, five, all five of my teams are in the top 10 of the gold. I win the card drop. I come like 10th in the monster. Yeah, it's literally... <laughs> Yeah, what a coincidence. Spurs didn't do very well last night. We won. I didn't really catch that much. What a coincidence. But I've always said to myself now, I and I had one stage where it was the FA Cup. Um, it was Everton Spurs when we lost like 5-4. And I knew that if Spurs won, I didn't win the gold. But if Everton won, I won the gold. And I was like, I never want to put myself in this situation again because I don't like being a bit 
Yeah. So I'm like, stuff it. If I just always back Spurs, I'm always going to want Spurs to win. If it pays off, it pays off extra. And if we lose, it's just a shitter. So I just have extra emotions either way. So it's fine. <laughs> um, right. User base growth figures. Hacks. Did you see the new user bits and bobs that came out recently? Uh, yeah, there's been one or two posts, hasn't there, about the, the numbers. There was, I think, a 27% uh, increase in, in active users, uh, just what they class as an active user. I think Tom described it as um, someone that had paid a contrast entry that they wouldn't normally have done in the previous week, or it was something along those lines, wasn't it? But, but yeah, it was really encouraging, I think, from that post as well, that they, they showed some of the increase in numbers in the, since they started this new onboarding process. And you could really see how many, many extra new users were getting involved. And I think uh, CBN or somebody who still had access was also posting those those um, screenshots so we could see. And it it was it was very encouraging. I got I got to be honest. And um, obviously the the key is the retention phase afterwards, isn't there? And the, they were talking about um, not onboarding, but after onboarding, there being a, a step into the paid contest, weren't they? And I think yeah. that's a great a great idea. And if they can encourage people even if it's perhaps some some minor discounts off tournament entries or something perhaps um to encourage them to have a go at the bronze or maybe branch into the silvers and just to just so people from i don't know you know they could put any sort of thing on that journey couldn't they to to try and encourage players to to, to do them obviously you've still got the single and single card and two card entries anyway which i'm sure the users are familiar with but but yeah there's it, it's a good sign isn't it i think generally so yeah, I was certainly very surprised by those numbers. Um, Gertie, did you expect anything kind of along those lines or was that way more than you thought to? Yeah, it was. It caught, caught me by surprise. I mean, I think for a while it was what I kind of expected, about 200. I knew they like were getting quite a few sign-ups. I don't think that's ever really been the problem because Footstock is quite interesting. And whatever you say about the adverts and Cammy, that, awesome. that is getting people looking at Footstock uh, and, and I would sign up and have a look. It was just that second phase, really, um, which is seems to have been uh, made much better by people playing. And then, like Hacks already said, that it's the third phase after that, which is, okay, they've hung around, they've got in, they've logged in, they understand it, but do they want to keep playing? And and that's that's as much about the product, really, and just just getting them using it. And see, and if because if not, it's not going to be for everyone. So even, no matter how good the onboarding is, it, it might not get everyone to stay. That's just the way it is. Um, and I think with the bonus cards and stuff like that, it makes it less damaging if they leave. Um, the issue with free packs and things meant if you had 50 signups and 25 left, then you're actually in a worse state than if those 25 didn't join in the first place. So the, the bonus cards kind of neglect that as well. And so that, that, that's good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hopefully that will continue going. You know, I think it was like a, a thousand or something. We're not in any kind of thinking that there is that's going to be a thousand active users but if that turns 50 into or 100 or whatever it might be into you know paying users then that's certainly going to be a benefit for everybody um bullet point five is plans for increased card utility now this is the one that i genuinely think is the only thing that is now missing from turning this market i think if they had a uh a way I don't know the finances I don't know how they can do it but something that I can use my 50 Foden's but if I had 70 Foden's that's better for me if that makes sense so something along those lines where oh okay I've got 
let me from a smaller perspective. I've got four. I've got four Luke Shaw's. Oh, if I can just get to ten Luke Shaw's, I may be able to get this extra or whatever that in whatever shape, form, contest, whatever that might be. I think that's the one thing that's missing because people are going, well, I've got 20 photos of stuff. I'll just dump three there quickly. And then somebody else goes, oh, I've got seven mayonnaise. I only want five. And let me just quickly dump two there. Whereas if there's a, a utility to go, actually having 150 photos is better than 100 photos, then people go, well, actually, I'm going to take all those sell orders off. I don't particularly want them. And actually now I've got an incentive to keep buying regardless of how big my collection is because there was a chat in, you know, slightly the other day, it was kind of like, well, yeah, I'm here. I don't need to deposit any more money. And how do Footstop then start to, you know, those people that have got solid collections, how do they make them deposit and buy more and have an incentive for it? So for me, this is the biggest thing. I think that if they can get right, is where we start to see those things change and that the good players will be more sought after and the shitter players won't be, which is what we want. Um, Hacks, come to you first on this one. Card utility. Just thoughts in general. What do you think they, they could be looking at? Um, I know performance-related pay was suggested, wasn't it? Or dividends. I mean, you know me, I'm not a big fan of the old dividend model. I think it needs to be thought out and funded correctly and just how they do that. Obviously, we don't know their finances, but but it, it just seems to me like something would have to stop or something. It would, it would have to be creamed or raked from somewhere else to kind of fund that. And... Obviously, they've got full numbers on user card on the cards, haven't they? So they could see exactly what their liability would tend would kind of be. Um, I mean, if you were going for like players that score over fifty every week in live games, got a reward, say as an example, they would have the right rough kind of data on that, wouldn't they? And they would know exactly like kind of roughly what their worst payout would be, I guess, over time. But that was one suggestion that people made, wasn't it? Like a performance based. Um, Based dividend, then we're not talking massive money and pennies probably, or nothing next to nothing. But but it would give people an incentive to hold the the form cards, uh, so to yeah, speak, you yeah. know. Um, but in terms of general utility, obviously more contests is is another way. The games will will obviously improve utility as well, especially if they design games that are almost like contests, but tied your cards up for like a day or two and and stuff like that. But you were happy to use them because there was good prizes in those. Type of t- I don't know exactly what games they could do, you know, but 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 yeah, there's there's lots of things. But I would generally, I think the single entry high roller was a, is a good stepping point for people that have got got the five and the bigger cards, you know, as well because it gives you chance to perhaps use maybe three or four five stars in a week where the fixtures suit that you that you wouldn't necessarily be able to fit into a gold, a standard gold. Um, so yeah, things like that, but obviously that comes with user numbers as well, doesn't it? You, you increase the utility too early and we know that it'll just mean that people pick and choose where they play the contest. So, so there is a bit of a balancing act with that and yeah, it's, it's intriguing, but, um, for me, I, I, I hope it's well thought out if, uh, if there is some sort of dividend or performance-based pay. Yeah. I've got no idea which way they're going to take it generally got no idea but i'd just love it to be something that rewards picking players like a one star and it rewarding them as they go up the star system i don't know in in what way shape or form but i like the idea of going oh he's a one star but i fancy him to be a good player and if he then eventually becomes like a four star i'm rewarded for that 
and then if they go down a star you're obviously less likely to be rewarded for something i mean i i don't know on their finances but even if it's like i don't know a let's say a 50 score if a one star hits a 54 score you get one p or if a five star is a 50 p uh 50 score you get five p or so I, again i don't know finances i'm just talking off the top of my head just something like that that actually being a five star would make people buy rather than sell which is what we've got at the minute gertie utility which way do you think they may go down um, the answer is I don't really know. I, I think there, there's three ways they could do it. One is the, the most simplest way. That's just adding more contests. But that won't necessarily make people... If, if someone likes to spend 50 quid a weekend, then they'll probably spend 50 quid a weekend on contests. And it, it just moves them around. And I know people are quite protective about the size of the pots. I'm a big advocate in adding things like double your money and heads up contests. I think they will keep people hanging around. Uh, they give people that willing, winning feeling, even if it's not huge amounts. Whereas at the moment, and even if a lot of people think these entries aren't very high, to me, they're, they're a lot higher than what I knew footstock in my onboarding. I was playing silvers and, and with uh, 20 other people, which meant every other week I cashed. Whereas at the moment, it, it's not the case for that. So I think that those are an aspect of it. And um, I, I do think there'll be a slight point because you're more likely to win, you might end a more double your money contest than you would normal silvers. But I might end a 10 of those because I think, well, I'm, I'm almost not guaranteed, but I'm pretty likely to cash in a couple of them if I attend. So I do think it'll have a slight effect, and that's probably the, the most obvious and what I would have said six months ago is the natural step. Then the, the next one is probably, like you said, some sort of contest uh, which you could enter, but you could enter maybe multiple cards in. So either it's a free roll, it goes every week, and you can only pick one card, but you can enter as many of that card in as you want. So if you've got 50 Fodens, enter 50 Fodens, and you get a bigger payout than someone with 10 Fodens or something like that. So I think that's the way, another way they could do it is, is a free roll. It's a normal free roll, but the only way you can enter a player is if you own 10 of them. And then it's, it's almost only a free roll that you can enter if you have a, um, this big collection. Um, so that's the way they could do it, because that quite quickly, if it was a £1,000 free roll, that £1,000 is getting split between a handful of users who have got all these cards. And even if lots enter, there'll be lots entering the, the dross at the bottom. Uh, and then the third way is the whole dividend or, or performance-based power, which is even more passive, I guess. Uh, and that will be the one that... I, I, so I think as you do them, I think the first way is probably the smallest ceiling. The second way has a slightly higher ceiling, but I still think it has a cap. And then if it is a performance-based power, it's almost got an unlimited ceiling. Uh, and what that means is it, it has a massive knock-on effect to Footstock's target circulation. Because if there's no if there's nothing restricting how many you want to hold, like the more you hold, the more you win, then why should the, there be a real, like a real cap restricting you buying more of them uh, as long as they're selling them for the right price? So I think that's the three they'll go. I actually think my gut says they'll go for the middle one, a contest where you can enter multiple cards or something like that. But we'll see. Mm. Anything to make people want to have that. Actually, I'm not going to throw away this card because it's pointless. That anything. Like that. The free roll idea is really good, actually, Gertie. I do like that because there's a set pot. Uh, there's a set liability for footstock. And um, like you said, anybody can put 100 of a card in if, they, if they've if they got them. It's almost like a um, single-player entry, isn't it? Yeah. Like, But you get rewarded based on the amount of them you put in if that player wins the, the, the day or whatever. You know, I think it's a... It's quite a clever idea, and, and and I suppose it would be a bit more difficult to put two players or three players in, but you, but you could do that, and you could go off the three players' score, and 
the amount of cards, obviously it'd be more complex, but but there, there's ways and means of doing of, of creating those sorts of contests, isn't there? It's actually quite a quite a good idea, mate. I gotta be honest. Oh, if you like it, it's actually got me a bit worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably bothered. Yeah. No, I, I do like it. I think that's a good idea. Uh, I think it something like that still wouldn't make me now buy more, but I think it would make the smaller collections buy more. So I think it's a good starting point. But I don't think they're trying to aim at people like me that have got a big collection. They're probably trying to aim at the little ones. I don't know. <laughs> I think would it would it, do you think that would stop you selling? Like if you've got your fifty photos and all of a sudden if you think he's gonna be the player of the week, would you enter them? Is that enough for you to hold them or I, I don't know? This is just you, you're spe- yeah, you're speaking to someone that doesn't sell any cards anyway, so <laughs> it's quite difficult. But um for example, I had what two hundred sons, I've now got thirty-five ish. Um I would have kept them, yeah. I, I, it all depends on the money. Like if two hundred sons are going in that contest, wouldn't you fifty quid? It's different with two other songs when you get 30. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see uh, the way that goes. But that that bit certainly really excites me. Um hacks, the Euros, Wales are actually there. Glimpse I know. at the Euros. Um what just give me one thing that you're are you expecting kind of a, a a season, a season long, not a season long, a tournament long, or are you just expecting lots of little tournaments, Euro based? Really tough, isn't it? I mean There'll be no other contest to enter bar virtuals really through the summer. So, so why not go for the go for the structure that we currently use? You know, if there's a couple of games over a day, use the daily ones. If I mean, the more that you can use your cards, the better, really, isn't it? I mean, I see a, a long one sounds great, and perhaps perhaps they should put a long one on for the for the bigger collections, like you say, the people that that are happy to to, to tie cards up for two months or six weeks while the tournament's going on you know but yeah uh, why not why not try all angles and the more contests the merrier i say you know yeah absolutely um gertie i mean they're gonna have to release more cards aren't they because <laughs> as we've seen some of them the the prizes of like de Boer went to 26 quid or something they're gonna have to release more aren't they but at the same time that's gonna displease people even though we were told there were could be up to 600 we know roughly every card's around the 300 mark do you think they'll go up to that 600 um i don't know and i think it's a really tough one for them to maneuver because like you said like they always said they release 600 but even 600 if we get if these not all these new signups keep coming in even 600 won't be enough so how they they have to i think the key for them really is to do these auctions before any prices get a bit out of hand the last thing you want is the price getting out of hand someone paying 150 quid for a Haaland, uh, and then, oh no, hang on, we've got to watch them more because that's stupid. We need to drag all those prices back down. Like I, I, That's the real key for me, that they don't let it go too far. I think as long as they, if they time it right and they're dripping them out for, for months, or, yeah, I don't know how they do it, um, then, then it's almost, it doesn't matter what the number is. Um, and then the key is that they have a mechanic for if the demand turns, then they can take them all back for cheaper prices and they keep the margin. That for me, that's always the key. Like I, I don't even fundamentally, I don't think there is an issue with having um, a million cards on the market. The issue is the gap in between the cards and the demand. Like it's the, it's the spare cards that have all this downward pressure. If everyone was, if people were entering a million cards into contest, then it doesn't matter how many there are. It's just when it turns and that player gets injured and there's spare, 
they need to be ready to soak them all back up again. That, that's, that's the key for me. Yeah, absolutely agree. Okay, next one is Footstop Vision of 2021. We'll kind of skip through that one because I think we've probably covered it in all of those other ones. All of those bits above are probably the Footstop Vision for 2021, just in a more of a, a summarised thing. So the final one is marketing strategy that we've seen a couple of things this week. So we've seen, um, obviously, Oliver's put on there the squawker um, about it. Uh, that had a, I don't know, is that how you pronounce it? Maybe. Um, we kind of built a few graphics. Obviously, we've seen a few more big kind of YouTube accounts or just Twitter accounts, etc., starting to get the word out. Hacks, do you think that now it's kind of more of a, we're getting closer to a, a finalized product? I say that in a very loose term. Do you think they're now just starting to work those into, you know, a few more avenues? Yeah, I, I think we, we just touched on it. I think maybe the last part, didn't we, or something? But, um, but yeah, I think the onboarding was probably a key thing for them in the app, wasn't it? And getting that right so that so that they're likely to get a higher attention when they do start the marketing push, you know? Um, I also think that you're right about the app. They they do need to, to finalise it before they really turn the screw on the marketing for me. And, and I would imagine, I didn't mention much about the Cedars, but because I haven't read much, so I didn't want to get anything wrong, but I would like to think that quite a fair bit of any Cedars money is is going to be used towards marketing, you know, and, and really pushing the product on once they've, once they've got the app exactly how they want it, or not, obviously there'll be tweaks, you know, but once they've got everything, all the core features onto the app, the onboarding's there, and I, I don't, I think the sky's the limit then to, to, to how many users they can get involved. It, as long as they're using the money sensibly and marketing in the right areas. But they've done a lot of testing as well, haven't they, the last three to four months of what, what seems to be the most effective and why. And they and it clearly, the slow and steady kind of approach clearly seems to be working for them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Once they, once they think they're ready, hopefully they do ramp it up. Yeah, I agree. And I, I was listening to everything you just said, but I just got distracted at the fact that after all that talk, I literally in, what, 40 seconds was dumped 15 manas. £13.50. Um, no. Not that he's a particularly good player at the minute, but £13.50, is he going to pay that back over his career? I would probably bank on yes. Um, Gertie, I can't remember what we're talking about now. Um, marketing, have you seen more of it recently? Are you more, a bit more impressed than what it was? Yeah, it was, I mean, I'm not a marketing expert, but it's all, they seem like they're trying out lots of different techniques and we're getting new users, so... Yeah, I mean, everyone, we seem to have a lot of marketing experts in the footstock community that all have a, have an opinion. Um, but I mean, the most important thing for me is that I see it. And then when people are looking into it, it's fairly positive. Like, it's, that's, that's it, really. You just need to get the name out there. Once, once they log in and get through the first hour or so, if they like this kind of thing, that they'll quite quickly click on to they like this kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, they have a great deal to say on it, to be honest. Yeah, no, exactly that. But I mean, I've certainly seen it a bit more out there, which is nice. Um, obviously, the the only thing that does annoy me when they send out incorrect marketing, aka those videos that had misspellings and the scores article that had out of date information, things like that, a bit bit poor. And I'm not unprofessional. Unprofessional is the wrong word. Um, I don't know what the right word is. Just doesn't look great. Um, yeah, what, what I would say on that, I think it looks worse to people that know than the people that don't know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know how much, I mean, I'm not saying it's acceptable, it's, mm -hmm. uh, but I just think it's not quite as big of an issue as what me and you think it is when we look yeah. at it. So because because they don't, they just see some nice cool pictures, a few graphs, 
all this looks interesting, click. Yeah, I mean, because I think that one of the things it said about a 19-game PPG, which obviously, to be honest, uh, it would mean nothing to anybody else. But we're like, actually, it's 38. See, I, I know what you're saying. It, it, it means something to us, but not to a new user that would just see it and think of it as nothing. Okay, so yeah, I think we're we're looking forward to that update next week. It should give us a nice little kind of out outline of their vision and and the way they've been progressing recently. Right, it's time for I've nicked James Copeland's game, but I'm just not going to tell him, and I'm pretty sure he's too busy to not listen to these podcasts. So it's absolutely fine. It's going to be Hacks versus Gertie. I feel like it's a bit of a grudge match, and I'm quite excited. So it's going to be I don't know Hacks. Have you have you heard the game? Nope. Okay, Gertie, have you? Um, I don't think so. Okay, that's well, clearly, you two are not listening to the official podcast. Paul, no, I never listen to that. I mean. <laughs> you don't listen to mine either, do you? No, nope. no, that's fair enough. I wouldn't expect you anymore. Okay, it is the higher or lower PPG game. Okay, so I'm going to give you a player, for example. Okay, I'm going to say, for example, if I gave you Bruno Fernandez, okay, he's obviously the highest PPG on the game. Then my next one would be, is Harry Kane, does he have a higher or a lower PPG than Bruno lower. Fernandes? Thanks, Gary. That was the example. You would so be you absolutely when, correct. You know, in the main chat the other day, I was saying you don't need to know about star moves. You, you, I, was, I was wrong. You were wrong. Because you do need to know about it. Because okay. I need to play this fucking game. <laughs> so obviously in that scenario, you would say lower. And then the aim is to get five in a row right. Okay. And the first one to get five in a row right wins a very special prize. Okay. I'm not going to tell what the prize is until you win it. So are we both ready? Oh, okay. We're at the meetup. <laughs> Hacks, um, heads or tails? Uh, heads, please, mate. It's heads, correct. You are right. So therefore, do you want to go first or do you want to give Gertie the first? Uh, I'll go first, mate. Let's go for it. We'll go first. Okay. So number one player is Jack Harrison. Okay. I would like you to tell me, does Nick Pope have a higher or lower PPG than Jack Harrison? Mate, that's bollocks. They're both four star. How am I meant to remember that? Well, who's a better four oh. star than ever? I think Pope is slightly lower. Wrong. Bollocks. <laughs> I would expect nothing less than you hacks to get the first question wrong. Okay, Gay. So your starting point is going to be Mason Mount. Okay. And obviously, I'm trusting you both tonight. I've got stock open in front of you. Mason Mount, does Adama Traore have a higher or lower PPG than Mason Mount? Oh, I feel like it's in a trap. But I'll go higher. Wait, which one's higher? Adama. Adama's higher than Mount. No, you're absolutely no, wrong. I actually knew that one. Did you? How did you know that? Yeah. You've been studying the cards? No, okay. I just remember him being higher. Uh, fair enough okay so we've both had a, a terrible start so maybe let's make it a little bit easier right hacks miguel almiron okay is, oh, this is bad mate <laughs> so we've got miguel almiron is i don't know, i'm trying to find a, a nice card there's a lots of euro cards on there that i won't add in so is ashley westwood has he got a higher or lower ppg than miguel almiron i'm pretty sure Almiron moved three and Westwood went down. So Westwood's is lower. Strong. Correct. He is lower. Okay, so that's one. 
Okay, so you've now got Ashley Westwood. Is Tangai and Dombele lower oh. or higher than Ashley uh, Westwood? Well, that one's mean. Oh, I th- Why do I feel like Ndombele went back down from three to two as well? Oh. Ah, this is a guess. I think Ndombele <laughs> slightly lower. He is. He is slightly lower. That's two in a row, Hacks. Okay, so Ndombele, whose PPG is 11.15. Okay, is Allison higher or lower? Oh, wow, that's another tough one. I'm sure, no, I'm sure Allison's three star. Allison's is higher. He is higher. However, he's dropped to a two star. So you're, oh, you're he has dropped to a two, is he? He wow. has. Right, three in a row, actually. You're two away from the prize. <laughs> Are we ready? So you've got Allison as your starting point. Is Harry Maguire higher or lower than Allison? Oh, now I'm fucked. Um, <laughs> see, Slabeb was a three star recently, but I can't remember whether he moved down. I think he was in the down list as well. Oh, bollocks. Um, I think he's lower, just. Final answer. Yeah. Oh, actually, was so close, but so far away. No, Paraguay's higher. He's a three star. Oh, he's still three. Oh, he is. Oh. Okay, right. Gertie's has got two more attempts. Actually, you've got one more attempt because if not, we could be here all night. Okay, <laughs> Harry Maguire is your starting point. Is Bakary Saka higher or lower in PPG? Higher. Oh. Correct. Only just though. So thirteen point five one. Next player is Nelson Samedo higher or lower? lower? Correct. 12.98. Next one is <laughs> is Jordan Henderson higher or lower than whichever player I said before? Samedo. Lower. Correct. He is lower. Feels easier than mine. Uh, what player did I just say? Jordan Henson. Okay, is Cesar Aspilicueta higher? Oh. No, he's lower. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Right. You've got one attempt left each. We both got a three then, didn't we? You did. You both got a three. Right. We're, we're going down into the one stars. Okay. This whole round is all going to be one stars. Oh, You've my got God. to tell me the higher ones or the lower ones. Just because scrolling through Champions League and Europa League players <laughs> is proving a very long task. Okay. So, Hacks, you are going to start with... Bear with. I've just got to scroll through like Juventus. If you're at home here and you're listening, you know, note down your score. Let me know your score because we're going to make a... A Bruce Forsyth leaderboard. What's what did he used to do? Play your card right <laughs> at him? <laughs> I don't know, possibly. Anyway, I'm still scrolling through. There's a lot of players on this platform, aren't there? Jesus. Okay, we're nearly there. Here we go. We're into the one stars. So, Hacks, your starting point. Hakim Zayech. Right. Is Tarek Lamptey higher or lower than Zayech? <laughs> Seems like a trick one, this. You'd think he'd be lower because he'd been out for so long, but uh, let's go lower. Correct. Good start. So we've got Tarek Lamptey on 6.06. Is Smith Rowe higher or lower? 
got a funny feeling Smith Rowe's seven point something, so I'll go higher. Wrong. He's ah, 5.16, I'm afraid. So, Hacks, you've had three attempts, and I'm afraid I'm you are out of here. So, Gertie, you have got the final chance to be our inaugural winner. We're going to keep playing this uh, game with every guess until we have a winner, and then I'll think of a better game. <laughs> so, okay, you are starting on Joe Willock on 5.55. Okay, that's your reference point. He's on 5.55, Joe Willock. Is Cedric Suarez higher or higher. lower than Joe Willock? <laughs> Maybe go the other way. Uh, lower. Lower, correct. That is number Ooh, one. Cheating bastard. <laughs> okay, so we have got, um, who was that? I just said Cedric. Is Harry Winks higher or lower than Cedric? Higher. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, Harry was 4.15. I will note down on my um, podcast pad that doesn't exist, <laughs> my head, um, the three is currently the highest score. Okay, so as soon as any uh, podcast guest gets more than five, we'll move the game. However, it was a good attempt by both of you. You both got three. You can both share the spoils. The mystery prize moves on to next week. Okie dokie. We are finally on to questions. So we've got a few. It's not going to be on the announcements channel. We're definitely not that important. So new podcast. Here we go. So a couple of them, I think we've kind of half answered. Um, but Nick Taylor, um, Hacks, how many people are you going to make quit Footstock? Um, oh, last this weekend, isn't it? It is. Well, I'm actually going to have a good go at trying to do a proper team this week, just because I want to knock Hoodwing out first round. Mm. After that, it's free, it's free game. So I'll just enter any old crap. It is. So for anyone that's not aware, we have got the, the second instalment of the Footstock Cup. By the time this podcast goes out, it will already be started. So unfortunately, it'll be too late for you to enter. But um, it, we've done it on a, a very, very slight seedings, aka basically like the top five and bottom five. Everyone else in the middle, we just shoved everywhere. Um, but Hoodwink, obviously, as our reigning champ, is, is seed one. And as Hacks, because we, we like giving them the underdog status, he has got the bottom seed. So therefore, they meet in the first round. Um, so it's going to be exciting. We've got 128 participants. A few have been filled in by Cami, But certainly, that'll be something to watch every week. Um, and if you kind of want to support that, if you head over to footstockhub.com, there is a members um, paid site that kind of these competitions are and can only be run due to those uh, people that are fantastic and sign up to us. Um, we're still trying to persuade Hacks, but I'm sure give it this time next year, he may give I, it. Um, I just donate to charity instead, mate, because they deserve my money more than you. And, uh, and never as a true word been spoken on this podcast <laughs> so yeah i think is it um you're going to donate if you go out first round and then... yeah if I, if I lose the hoodwink i'll donate 25 pounds mind um and I've, I've kindly asked anybody else that loses to me to donate five pounds yeah if, not... they, if they lose to me it's not, uh, not yeah it's That's... not obligatory but you're a twat if you don't <laughs> no it's, it's very reasonable it's very very good of you and i'm sure hacks i'm gonna be rooting for you to go the whole way um on a more serious note how have you found the first two euro monsters um any improvements recommended or are they on the money hacks did you enter them how did you find them any improvements yeah i entered both um i 
had a lot of cars that I would have liked to have sold, in all honesty. I think quite a few people found it quite flat, apart from the uh, the one and two stars that people wanted as the differentials. And when you think about it logically now, it totally makes sense that you, you'd want more of <laughs> that you'd pay more for those cards, really. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed them. It was good. It was it was um, it was interesting. Quite hard to get in the thirty stars I found, and I think the second week was tougher because. The English teams had more favourable fixtures, I thought, than the than the first week, which which obviously um, meant that there was a lot of people entering perhaps with just the just the English cards. Um, I I absolutely nosedived the second one. It, it couldn't have gone no worse, to be honest with you. But the uh, the first one I did sneak into the cash when, in the last couple of minutes. So so yeah, overall very very enjoyable as the monsters are, aren't they? They're always great. Yeah, definitely. There's a multitude of different people entering them with different size collections and. It's a real, they're a real head scratcher, and I think that's part of the, part of the fun of it for me, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see where I finished in the second one, mate? Yeah, you had a, you had a pretty good week, I believe. Was it second or third or something like that? It was third, but I don't like to mention yeah. it. Anyway, Gertie, um, <laughs> how did you find the Euro? We know you're a bit of a, a wimp in terms of buying the Euro card. So, did you even enter? I, I didn't enter. No. The, the, the monsters in general aren't really for me. That I, I, they like they get lots of entries, and I know it balances out. But that's just not the sort of tournaments and not the sort of contests I like overall. I normally do play the Premier League one, um, but yeah, the Euro one it was like a double whammy. I didn't really. It's just not for me. And like you say, it doesn't have to be for everyone. Play it your way, as they would say. Definitely. Um, okay, the, Dan McKenna, we're going to kind of skip through his question just because I think we answered actually answered this one on the last time that you were both on. We kind of mentioned maybe like a, a quarterly format or those kind of things. So we, we've kind of answered that and people because time was going to move on. Um, again, K222, um, new games. I think we've kind of had a, a bit of a discussion on that. Hacks, have you got anything completely new, major out there? But I think we've pretty much um, No, it. I think we, we did say it on the last part, didn't we? we me and Gertie come up with a few ideas and yourself and um i still quite like the top trumps idea yeah and you have like you pick 10 of your cards and at the end footstock rakes two of them and then you you can pick one off each opponent or something you know that that you rake off them i don't know something along those lines where there's cards being raked and you and you and rather than cash you're stealing cards off your mates kind of thing like but yeah but yeah love it yeah i'd love it but we've definitely asked that one so we're going to move on okay i'm just going to scroll down to try and find the actual ones rather than uh miscellaneous questions okay monkey name three players each you think have 21 22 epl season breakout potential only one player maximum your own team like them Gertie, I'll let you go first on that one. Um, if three is too much of a stretch, go for one or two. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really know, to be honest. I'll, I'll just pick them a bit later after they have a breakthrough. The only one that I really, really fancied was this season, that Stacker and, and Smith-Rowe, and it's too late for them. Like They've already broken through. Um, if I was pushing, I know they said only one for your team, but the other two don't count. I'd say that Joe Willock's got a lot of pressure on him. With his, he's got, well, he's got a lot more responsibility now with this Newcastle loan, and it looks like he's starting matches. Um, so I, I think it could be interesting for him next season. If I hope he goes out on loan again, because I don't think he's ready for the, the first team at Arsenal. But I hope he goes on loan and, and does look a bit like Loftus Cheek did, and just plays ninety minutes almost every week, and and then we see if he's any good. So yeah, I'd say he's the one to keep an eye out. And yeah, I barely watch the Arsenal youngsters, so I don't know anyone else. Yeah, that's fair enough. Hacks? Um, well, I don't know. I've bought some bollocks in my time. So, um, no, 
I, I've been, I've seen quite a bit of Oliver Skip that plays for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of talk of rave about him at the moment. Very neat and tidy from what I've seen, and not afraid to go on the ball. If Norwich come back up and maybe gets another loan there for another season, Cal, before he thinks he's ready to start, maybe mixing it with your your first team. But but he I, he would definitely benefit from another low another season. I think he's still young in the 18, 19, something like that. So he probably benefit from another season. So he could be one to watch if Norwich come up and they they get him back. Um, but there's nothing much happening in Cardiff. Obviously they're outside of footstock, so <laughs> so I won't go there. But no, I. Other players, I mean, I hold a lot of players. I mean, there's one guy, really, really quality. How he doesn't get in the Southampton team, I don't know. Uh, Oberfemi or or something they call him. I've got, oh, I'll tell you what, he's going to be a baller, lads. I've, I haven't got many of them either. <laughs> How many have you got to be exact? Uh, 252. <laughs> and what's your average buy price? Uh, £1.62. <laughs> and what's his current value? <laughs> Um, probably minus something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a blowout that was, Hax. What a blowout. <laughs> um, okay, I will go with... I, I know he said EPL star. I don't think he'll be a Premier League regular, but I think um, Dane Scarlett should hopefully break uh, through next year. He's still extremely young, um, but Mourinho said in his press conference that he wanted to be the one to give him his Premier League debut. So he's already played about two minutes um but you know as a 17 year old slash 18 year old striker um he looks to be very good and scores goals for fun and i've been penny pinched with that kid for about a week right so i started it at maybe like one pound two p me and this other bloke have been penny pinching up and he's now about two quid it proves the uh yeah the, the power of penny pinches um the only well, other one go on sorry. mate the one from, um, what's his face? Everton's out on loan as well. Auntie Gordon, I think he's 21 now, isn't he, or 20? So he, he's got to be, you think that, uh, I mean, Ancelotti give him a little bit of time and he looked he looked all right to me and he can't be no worse than a Wobie. No, uh, I mean, yeah, I agree. You, you know, you, you'd think that it's coming up to his time at, uh, at Everton next season. If he doesn't break through next season, you kind of think perhaps that's it for him, you know? Yeah. The only other one that I've got is not a, Weird one, but I think um, Ivan Tony is probably guaranteed a move, regardless if it's promotion or a transfer. And he's he's not a youngster; he's only twenty four. Um, he's yeah, scored goals for fun. He could kind of be the next Ollie Watkins type player. I think. Fun fact: I played against him for about three years and played with him. Um, but yeah, here I am doing a podcast talking about him. So that that's the way that. <laughs> Our lives have crossed since. But yeah, I think I was 14 and we were both playing in the district team. And I was sat on the bench and he was starting up front. So there we go. Anyway, next question. Thanks, that monkey. I, I don't, we're probably not the three best people to ask about that. Ask, ask somebody else that knows about youth football. Footstock or Mark White, they're, they're pretty good with the youth. Okay, dark horse for the Euros in terms of teams and individual players. Again, I think we've done, um, I think we've kind of breezed over this before. But I mean, I've obviously said about Portugal. Um, Hacks. Is there anyone that bar kind of that that you think is a real dark horse? Yeah, Kiefer Moore on for Wales, mate. They need to get him on the platform. Kiefer Moore. Kiefer Moore. Okay, I'll definitely look out for him. Um, Gertie, any teams uh, that you're massively kind of think are going to go under the radar? No, not really. And in about I don't know, a few months' time, like only about six weeks before it starts, I'll be saying it's coming home. Like, and yeah. And then that's it. So. 
Yeah, I'll just support England. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I, I, I just hope Southgate gets it right. And it's difficult because he's got... Oh, gets it wrong. Yeah, I'm sure you do, mate. Grealish, Saka and Foden and Madison and everybody else. And I just don't know how we, you know, Sterling and Kane and Rashford and Sancho and whoever else. I don't particularly know how he's going to uh, fit the whole lot into there, but we'll see which way he goes. I'm sure it'll be something boring like Henderson, Rice, Lingard, maybe. Who knows? Anyway, um, next question. Who is your most frustrating footstock hold and why? I like this question. My most frustrating, I'm just going to go to my highest count now. I'll tell you who my most frustrating hold is Leroy Sane because I thought I was going to be clever by holding on to them when they went inactive to using the Euros, forgetting that actually I wouldn't mind betting that he's probably the highest count card count of a player and because he's Euro I don't think he's going to be on deal of the day anytime soon and I've sat with 140 Leroy Sanes so he is probably my most frustrating hold um, yeah I think I bought average price about seven quid so he's about £2.50 so I think probably that one for me because I kind of just read it wrong at the time Gertie most frustrating hold uh, probably Pepe just frustrating regardless but also frustrating hold I think that the biggest issue with him is even though, like right now, he's uh, looking like he's getting patches of form, had a good game, good performance uh, recently, but he's still not a constant starter. So I still can't bring myself to actually use him, even though, see, if I thought he, if I thought he was starting this weekend, I would probably pick him. Um, well, actually, I can because I can wait for the lineup, but normally that's not the case. Right? So I, I don't even use them when I think that um, he might play or if I think he might play well. So that's a bit of a frustrating one. And then obviously the, the whole footballing thing around Pepe and he's just, just been a bit crap um, in general. When he first came in, he was get, he was a bit like a mini Adama. He was getting contest one, dribbling people, getting 10 points from, from taking on Van Dijk in that game. I think he was the first person that dribbled past Van Dijk in about three years or something stupid. And just he, he just looked like um, he'd have that and he'd also get goals and assists. But yeah, he's just yeah flitting in and out, really. Yeah. Hacks? Oh, that Obafemi, mate, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I, got a, I got a couple. I mean, I, I bought Ndidi as well, and he struggled. he's had some tough time with injury the last season and a bit, hasn't he? And uh, I thought he was going to be a great roulette roulette kind of player, solid base, odd assist, and, uh, odd assist here and there, you know, and I thought he'd be one that I could sell on or or flick into roulette myself quite regularly, you know. But he's uh, now he's just had a tough time with injuries and every time he gets going again he gets another niggly injury kind of thing so he's probably the worst for me yeah i think there's a lot probably of frustrating holds but every card has his day okay final football question and then we are on to why everyone's probably tuning in they're probably skipped to the end by now um who is the worst player at your club or if not a prem club who is the worst in the prem so the worst player at my club is either eric dyer Harry Winks or Musa Sissoko they're all as bad as each other and they're really 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 bad um, Gertie Arsenal who's, who's the worst player at the club he's not actually at the club at the moment he's out on loan but I still want to use him because if I get half an opportunity I really don't like Maitland Miles he's got the worst body language I've ever seen in a footballer he, he does a few step overs and looks half decent when he's playing fullback but I, I hate everything about him I went and watched Arsenal in the pre-season just uh, the month before lockdown, obviously, and 
I hated the way he warmed up. I hated the way he walked around and talked to people. I just could not bear watching him. So I absolutely despise everything about him. Um, and it's such a shame because he, he actually looks like he could be a half-decent footballer. Mm. But yeah, I, I'm glad we got rid of him out of that clique of youngsters, really, because it lets all the other ones that want to be there. Um, so yeah, him and I also don't like him nearly. He's he's a nicer guy by the looks of it, but he just can't walk backwards all day long and with floppy hair. And I just yeah. That is literally Harry Winks. Um, Hacks, obviously, we don't really care about Cardiff, but who do you think the worst player in the Prem is? Oh, I don't know, mate. Okay. I got I got quite a few on my list, haven't I? You know, um, Sterling frustrates me. League <laughs> League Two footballer if he didn't have any pace. Um, Oh, Rashford, God. Rashford annoys me. Um, I don't know. Was it just Trying every speak... every English player? Um, no, there's there's a few others that annoy me. Oh, Connolly, Connolly. It's got to be Connolly for Brighton, hasn't it? <laughs> what an he's an absolute fraud of a football player. Connolly is a fraud. I'll back you up on that. Yeah, he's terrible. How has he ever got a professional football contract? I'm sure he's represented his country and all. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, into the proper stuff. Gertie, he has asked Hacks, if you could watch a football match with any guest, who would they be and how much would they cost per hour? <laughs> I have no idea what he's uh, referring to. Um, <laughs> if, if I could watch football with anybody, um, I don't know, probably George Best. Because... I know he's dead now. Rest his rest his soul. But but we get absolutely trolleyed. Deuce probably do a load of substances, and then go and visit some hookers afterwards. What a perfect day! Oh day. god, I mean, I, yeah, day. I'm not going to go into that. But there, there's a backstory to that question. I'm sure Hacks won't appreciate me exposing him. <laughs> but there's a backstory to that question that I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll let all of your imaginations run wild and just link Hacks and watching football matches with people and paying them. <laughs> <laughs> Noli has asked. The three of you have been chosen to represent your districts in the Hunger Games. Who survives longest and how slash why? Gertie, have you watched Hunger Games to start with? Uh, yeah, I think it's like one of those films I sort of watched I don't know, eight years ago or something. Like, okay, good. Well, what's, your, uh, what's your thinking? Uh, so it's absolutely going to be me um, for obvious reasons because firstly, I'm a sociopath who thinks I'm better at everything than everyone else. But secondly, I live in quite a posh district or area. So I reckon the sponsorship and they'd be flying in like bazookas and stuff. And I'd, I'd, I'd have all the gear as well. So that would be quite good because they'd be pretty embarrassed if I lost. And I'd be coming up against you boys with like your bow and arrow or something. <laughs> so I, think, I think I've got the bases covered. Mm, yeah, I think I'd back myself, you know. I think I'd be able to just run quicker than you. Quicker <laughs> <laughs> than my bazooka. Yeah, that's true. I've... I've mm. Maybe, yeah, I'm not the most, like, imaginative. I don't think I'd be very good, actually, yeah. I've gone back on my answer. Um, Hacks, how do you think you'd survive? I've got no idea what you're talking about, but... but Have you not but, watched it? No, but but if it's a survival thing, then I, I just set a trap and then eat you boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically, like, there's just, like, loads of different districts and there's, it's basically, yeah, fight to the death and they just have loads of weird stuff goes on. Um, but yeah, okay. I'm glad. I'm glad that you just eat us perfect. Well, I'd have to survive, mate. Got to eat, haven't I? Well, you know, but the, the thing is on that one, if you're the last man standing, you then go out. So you're like, that's it. You then like leave back to your normal home. Oh, I just kill you then. 
<laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, Charlie, um, Premier League manager cage match. Who wins and what's their pre-match meal? Sean Dyche, chicken breast on its own. Hacks. That's a good one. Um, Mr. Fat Ed, what's his name? Steve Bruce. <laughs> Not a chance. He's, a, he's just assuming he'd just go in full sumo mode, wouldn't he? And uh, <laughs> bouncing around the ring like. Yeah, there's the he, uh, he'd probably he, uh, he'd probably have like a bucket of chicken wings or, or something before he started, wouldn't he? You know? Yeah. What's your pre-match meal? Because that's probably what Steve Bruce's is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was that was. Really uh, well, before the football, I tend to have a breakfast and a burger. To be honest with you, <laughs> well, there we go. And then you sort out someone to watch the game with you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, lonely, okay. lonely, lonely times at the moment, lag. Then what can I say? Okay. Uh, yeah, so I copied you really. These are some, these are the questions that I prepared for now. Of but course. Yeah, so I Sean Dyche as well. But um, I went on a bit of a tangent on the pre pre game meal. So, you know, like when the wrestlers come out and they do like the, the little, where they rile the crowd up and stuff. And like Steve yeah. Austin would crash the beers together. Yeah. So I think Sean Dyche has worms hanging out of his mouth. We all know that's what he's into. So that's, I think that's his, like the way that he sort of announces himself coming out with, like, I don't know what song, but yeah, worms, eating worms. Oh, who, would, who would be the first to be in, in a Royal Rumble? Who would be the first to get the hook? That's an open question to anybody. I'm trying to think of a really weird Premier League manager. Uh, Probably Arteta. He's a bit of a snake, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think Arteta's got much in him. Um, oh, actually, Dean Smith from Villa. He'd be a, he's a hard nut, I think. He looks like a bit of a, a no-nonsense. Pep. I reckon Pep's an absolute wimp. Do we not agree? Yeah. manager. I reckon, yeah. Oh, Graham Potter. Yeah, that's a good shout. I don't think he lasts very long. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good shout, actually. Yeah. And Hodgson would probably, you wouldn't want to put him in the ring. <laughs> he won't make it out. Bless him. Okay. Um, hoodwink. Gay. If you were a mermaid, would you rather have Hack's head or a fish head? The bottom is fish either way. Yeah, so this is a fairly obvious answer. So I'd want to be the smarter of the two, so I'd need the fish's head. It's the brain. <laughs> um, Hack, same question for you, but with Gertie's head. Well, so would I rather have a fish head or Gertie's head on my to... So, yeah, you've got your mermaid. Would you rather have Gertie's head or a, a fish head? So it would just be basically a fish overall. Mm-hmm. Or a Gertie mermaid. Yeah. A Gert Gert maid. No, I'm sorry. I'd have to go for the fish. I can see his face here and he's one. Oh, God. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Um, And (laughs) Bato, what's the weirdest night out you've been on? This one's one's for you, Lagden, isn't it? No. I feel like. Oh, no. This one's for Gertie. (laughs) Actually, Gertie, yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe you should send us this one. Uh, I don't know. I've had two weird nights out. Nothing notable to mention, but I think <laughs> probably a safe one. So I went through a phase of, of uh, walking home after I went right out, which is fairly normal. But when you go out close to home, it's okay. But yeah, then I sort of started going further away, and I still had this habit of walking home. But it doesn't quite end up in the same situation when you're like, 
13 miles away and like across mm. various motorways. So I'm like, yeah, I had one night where I just walked in the wrong direction, found out it was seven miles in the wrong direction, ended up at a golf course. Freezing. I was all suited and booted because we'd been at the races all day. I went into the golf course where they were like preparing for a wedding with breakfast and they took pity on me and called me a taxi and sent me home. I've done that in a few few locations. So yeah, I think that's pretty weird. And as weird as I'm willing to say, you've you've told us a better story than that, I'm afraid. I don't think I did. No. no. Oh, okay, maybe maybe we'll save that for the Christmas. Um... I, I I can't hear you. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll save that one for the um, the twenty <laughs> twenty two for the Sock Hub New Year's Eve special. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll have to make sure that get his headphones are turned up to a uh, big big volume. <laughs> um, Hacks weirdest night out. Oh no, I I don't know. Um... Just tell us a... one of your many. I don't know. It's my memory's not very good these days. I've got to be honest. Um, oh, I wake up in random places quite regularly. Outside, dog kennels. <laughs> Wait, dog um, kennels. Yeah, I woke up in my mate's dog kennel once. In your mate's dog kennel. Yeah, with the dog. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice and warm. Yeah, but, I'm sure yeah. it was. Mm. No, I, I I don't know. I I tend to. I'm a bit of a wanderer, like Gertie. I've got to be honest. I tend to find myself, yeah, in places yeah. I could, I couldn't. Yeah, I've got a few weird ones, but um, I've got a job to keep, and I'm not sure who would listen to the podcast. So they'll probably have to come out another day. Okay, total footstop, Charlie. Uh, weirdest thing you've seen in a pub toilet? <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, Charlie. We don't go to them kind of pubs, mate. <laughs> We don't go to his Chelsea pubs where you have to knock on the door and all those sorts of things. So what do they do in posh pubs? Don't know. Anyway, okay. go. Okay, you knock on the door. These pubs are so posh. Gary, <laughs> <laughs> um, any strange pub toilet stories? Not, not really. I don't really pay much attention. I, I do remember one time I was on a night out, and I had to sort of dash into the nearest pub to go to the toilet, and, uh, and it ended up being a gay bar. And there were two blokes, sort of having their way of each other and it sounded quite aggressive to be honest <laughs> in the loo and I, I was busting to go in like yeah that was a bit of an experience yeah. um wow that's, that's it really i've got to say I went, one, I went into one that had a sofa in it and um and, and some flowers and i thought this is a bit strange and i was having a piss and i thought well, where's all the cubicles so I'm, I'm stood there having a piss in the in the main cubicle with the door open and all of a sudden, these two girls walked in and started screaming at me. And I was thinking, well, what are they doing in here? And then she said, look at the door, you fat prick. Uh, and I went out <laughs> and looked at the door and I realised I was in the women's. <laughs> they had a sofa in there and flowers. <laughs> they had a sofa in there. Flowers, everything, mate. Is that, is that normal? I, well, I don't know. I don't go into those <laughs> toilets all the time, mate. <laughs> oh, who knows? I don't know. Maybe we need to ask Holly on the next podcast if... Um... That's the, that's the question we need to know. Hmm. It, smelled fan- it smelled fantastic in there as well. i got to be honest. I should have known yeah. it on the men. Not after you were finished, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a strange... Um, uh, thanks for that, Hacks, actually, because that's made me a bit intrigued. I like that. Okay, we've got a couple more. We, we spoke for way too long. Nick Taylor, um, how much did you enjoy it last night's Footstock Twitter feed? I'm just going to have my quick two penis verse and then I'll move on to you too. Anybody that is like growling over 
footstock having interaction and a bit of fun grow up there's worse things going on in the world than a bloody twitter handle that's all i'll say on it gertie did you enjoy the much needed interaction i wouldn't say i particularly enjoyed it or not enjoyed it like i just thought that's that's not really aimed at me i'm not really going to be there interacting but i'll tell you what it was a damn sight a lot better than mount scored a goal chelsea i won you up yeah but end like, so i don't i don't think it's an issue what i would say if it was to be positive out of anything, I'd say it was nice to see stuff going on yeah. and people talking and retweets and like all that kind of engagement stuff, a bit, a little bit of life into it. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do it all the time, but I think as, a, as an occasional thing, yeah, go for it. That's so, what I mean. Like, I, I don't care either way, but like, why are we moaning about it? <laughs> I couldn't care less what Footstop tweet, unless they do something outrageous. I really couldn't care less. Um, Hacks, you had to turn your notifications off, didn't you? But did it particularly bother you? Ah, nah, mate. They, it, it doesn't bother me what they tweet. You know, I, I don't read it anyway, so it don't make a difference to me. But, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, I do have the notifications on, and it comes up on top of my screen just, just so if there's a competition, I, I will probably open it and have a look. You know, but, but there was a, it was a flurry, and all I did was just turn the notifications off and let them crack on. I did read a few of the comments this morning. I thought some of them were a bit out of order, you know, but, but, but yeah, it's like I say, if, if it's, it's for engagement, isn't it? It's yeah. to, to get new people looking. If it gets retweeted loads of times, then it hits loads of people that are not on footstock, exactly. and they get they get intrigued. It's it's a marketing tool for me, you know. It it doesn't have to be fully serious, and um, why not? But a band that you're in there, it's just a bit of fun, isn't it? You know, exactly that, exactly that. Okay, uh, footstock Baz, favorite takeaway. Now, hacks will go to you first because yours, oh, so I'm sure, will be a very quick answer. It's a curry all day, mate. Curry. Curry, Give curry. us your uh, your go to order. My go to is a chicken dansak, keema rice, and either a garlic chili and keema naan or just a garlic naan. Yeah, it's a strong selection, actually. It's a strong selection. Mm, yeah, that's got me quite hungry, actually. Gertie? Uh, for me, it's fish and chips. Pretty standard. Such uh, a Gertie answer, that is. Yeah, <laughs> not really that exciting either. Like, the most exciting it gets, I guess, is like some sides of. Mushy peas and some curry sauce to dip me chips in. But then, uh, yeah, so I once got taught a little trick. I don't even know if it works, but I've been doing it ever since I was little. So if you ever order fish and chips, um, get haddock and not cod, because the taste, I don't really notice the difference. But I was told that they always have cod just laying on the shelf that they chuck in a bag. Whereas if you ask for haddock, it's normally done fresh because they're not ready for you. Not I, haddock, I've so, also yeah. heard that. Yeah, so... Mm. Yeah, that's fair play. Mine's a um, a calzone and cheesy chips. That's a lot of cheese, mate. uh, Yeah, well, you know, you don't really have cheese on a calzone, mate. I thought it was a folded up pizza. Yeah, but uh, no, kind of. But I don't have cheese in it, so I have like a meat one. So it's like uh, chicken. I have chicken, beef, pepperoni, and sweet corn. I quite yeah. like the sound of that. It's delightful. Um, I was going to say, I was going to give you a recommendation, but you don't even live in the same country as me, so I probably <laughs> won't give you that recommendation. But yeah, a calzone and cheesy chips, you can't beat it. I love it. But I'm, I'm kind of very prone to any kind of takeaway. Okay. Last two. Hoodwink, a bit of advice, I suppose. On the stream, we have Cock Roulette. I like to get involved. I give it my all, but my cock never gets past a semi. I'm not sure what to do to get it there. Any tips, Gertie? 
No, I, I didn't realise this was a question. I've run out of questions on my screen now. I thought this was a joke and I didn't really get it. <laughs> Damn it. Um, oh, I don't know. Just keep keep plugging away. <laughs> just, just, just keep going. Just do it once you're, make sure you're around the right people in the legal stream and stuff. It's all about who you're with. Um, yeah, so it's, it's never as fun when you're on your own. <laughs> Um, hacks any advice? Oh, I've completely forgot what he said, but it's something about playing with your dick, so just <laughs> check it in your hand, mate. <laughs> he wants to know how he gets past the semi. Oh, a bit of lube and make sure you haven't got any, uh, make sure you haven't got any mingers on the telly, mate. So it's all about picking the right surroundings, as Gary was saying, yeah. Actually, Benito retweeted a bird earlier, she probably got it right, she probably got you for on, mate. <laughs> Oh my word! I think we're going to be taken off air soon. Okay, um, Mr. White has asked, "Ask Fig how he gets Panda going." I don't really understand this, apart from I think it's some kind of football index thing. But I'm going to ask Hacks, how do you feel like um, these podcasts are going? Do you feel like we need to change them up, or do you feel like we're going down the right road? Uh, I only like this one, mate, because it's it's uh, informal, a bit of fun, and. Uh... If people complain, I don't really care. So yeah, crack on, carry on. I I enjoy them. Thanks, mate. That's really nice feedback. <laughs> Gay, um, what's your podcast feels? Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I feel sorry for anyone listening to these. I don't really know how they come across. I've never managed to listen back to one myself. But, but they're all right. So for what it's worth, the answer to your question is I don't think they're going down the right road, but I don't think you should stop. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably enough for tonight. <laughs> um, thank you, everybody, for your questions, as always. Thank you, um, Gertie and Hacks, for joining me. Next week, we will be back, as always. I'm going to try and get a, a newbie on, on the system, so I'll have a bit of a chat about someone that's been through the kind of the new onboarding and all those kind of things and seeing it from a, a new user's perspective. But my last final plug is if you do enjoy these podcasts, I'm sure the numbers are limited of ones that do. Um, please can you leave some kind of review or like or star rating somewhere on, I think you can't do it on Spotify, but certainly anyone that listens to it on Apple. Um, we had lows originally, and obviously we had to switch over kind of podcast names providers for a little bit for a few different reasons. And we're, we're back down to like the handful. Um, it kind of just helps us push on a little bit and obviously, if, if we push on and um, get more listeners, that kind of means that there's more people playing. So it's best for everybody if, if everybody gives us uh, some kind of rate. And genuinely, if you don't like it or you hate it, that's fine. Like stick a one star on, at least then I'll know. And then, you know, we can improve things from there. But that is enough of my Friday night ramblings. Have a great weekend. Um, have a great week in the big Euro monster. There'll be a preview podcast out on the Monday, which is the day after this will go out obviously on the Sunday night. So good luck with that. And we'll speak to you next week. <laughs>